I got a jury summons last week. Actually, last couple of days. Set the card in. I was thinking it's been 20 years since I got the jury summons. And maybe a little bit before that I got one. And I've gone in every time, of course, you, you do your civic duty. Uh, I've never been on a trial. I've never been on a jury. Uh, it might be interesting to be on one. You never know what kind of cases you're going to get. Uh, the last... They just have this big jury pool, of course. That's the way that works. And the night before you're supposed to go in, you call them up, you do the line, or you go online, and they say, yes, come in or don't come in. And chances are you won't get picked for a jury, but you never know. You just never know. There's obviously some high-profile juries in this country. I think it's great. You know, you get a chance to do your civic duty. I try not to shirk the civic duty. I think it's it's worth doing. You know, the, the court system certainly has its flaws, as do all of our institutions, but they're what we have, and we do our best to, to keep them going. So, hi, this is Tim Patterson, uh, trade show guy. This is the trade show guy Monday morning coffee. And uh, this is my weekly show. It's one of the things I, I try and do consistently, which I think is important to maintain an online presence, no matter uh, what that may be. I also blog at tradeshowguyblog.com. A few times a week, I publish a newsletter, the trade show guy newsletter on trade show marketing, exhibit marketing, uh, every Monday. Uh, if you aren't a subscriber, I'd suggest you go check it out. Of course, if you don't like it, it's easy to get off of those things. It's it's that's it's the way you have to do that these days. Uh, my company's Trade Show Guy Exhibits. Uh, we are a project management company. I work with a number of designers and vendors and exhibiting uh, manufacturers, exhibit manufacturers, and shippers and management companies, and we take care of quite a few of uh, exhibiting companies, and we do new projects, we do upgrades, all that stuff. So that's what we do. You find us at tradeshowguyexhibits.com. But mainly, I do this show because it's fun. I get I, I get to sit in front of a camera uh, or a microphone and talk to people. I meet people. I meet really cool people. This week, I got to talk to and meet uh, a, a really nice guy from uh, the Bay Area, south of the San Francisco Bay Area, Santa Cruz area, up in the mountains a little bit, uh, Boulder Creek. Uh, named Robert Middleton. Robert uh, has been advising small companies and self-employed folks for decades how to market your company, how to market your services, how to market yourself. And and he's very thorough in how he teaches and how he processes all this. Uh, I knew it would be a good conversation. It is. Check it out. And I want to welcome Robert Middleton on the Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Robert, I'm so glad you could join us from the Bay Area this morning. I love that part of the country. Uh, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure, Tim. Robert, I've been uh, reading your newsletter for quite a few years. It, it kind of comes and goes because I think it comes into an email that got caught in the spam stuff. And, and I, it popped up a couple of days ago. I thought, oh, yeah, Robert, I, I should talk to him. And so we got together on the email, and, and I'm so glad you joined me. Uh, but what have you been putting out on the newsletter? I've, I've really appreciated a lot of great marketing tips. You, you kind of, I guess, consult with uh, self-employed professionals, and we'll talk about that in a bit. But if you would give me kind of the, the, the bigger view of what you do and how long you've done that, that would be great to, to understand from you. Well, for I'm in my 34th year of business, actually going into my 35th year as nice. of August. And I've been working with self-employed professionals such as consultants and coaches and trainers and financial professionals and all kinds of professional service businesses, some of whom market themselves online, some who market themselves other ways. But I help them with their marketing and I help them attract clients and I show them various strategies and approaches and techniques and ideas and tricks and 
ways that you can get the attention of your clients, uh, potential clients, and turn them into paying clients. So I've been working on that for years. I wrote a book on it called The InfoGuru Marketing Manual in 1999 that was an online bestseller, sold thousands of copies, started a whole industry. See, I was only the, the only guy um, writing about marketing for self-employed people, one of the very, very few people. And the internet was kind of new back in 1997 when I started writing this. Yes. I've been writing an article every week since. But since then, I've spawned thousands of competitors. Everybody and their brother <laughs> helps people if they're self-employed to market themselves. So, uh, but I'm still doing it 20 years after, after I started my easing. Well, I, I think that's an interesting challenge because when you talk about self-employed, uh, there's a lot of very talented people out there that know how to do some really good things. But yep. probably the last thing they think about before starting a business or hanging up their shingle or whatever you're gonna call it is, how do I get more business and how do I do that effectively? Uh, right. be because that's, you know, you, you've got to make a sale to make something happen. Uh, yep. as, I don't know if it was Zig Ziglar or one of those old guys, Tom Hopkins said, nothing happens until you make a sale, which is exactly. very important. And so, you know, you have to start from the aspect of, I can do the job that I'm being hired to do, but how do we get someone to hire me? So yep. I, I suspect that's a starting spot for a lot of the folks that you work with. Yeah, it is. So, you know, I work with people at all levels. They've just begun. Maybe they've been in a a career for many years and they go out on their own to be a consultant and discover it's harder to get clients than they thought. A lot of people think, oh, this is going to be too hard. I'll just tap into my network and, you know, and sometimes that will do it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not. Or some people just don't have the right message. And how am I different? How do I stand out? How do I get attention? And, uh, you know, everybody struggles with that to some degree and everybody wants to get better at it. Yet we don't want it to take too long or be too hard or, you know, take forever. We and we want don't want to, to beg for business. You don't want to look like you're, you're desperate. Exactly. You know? So there's a lot of that to go. You, you mentioned yeah. networking and that is always important. Some people are very good at it naturally. Others yeah. get good at it by working at it and others just suck at it, to, to be honest. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and so, uh, but, but, but having a good networker, having those skills, I'm sure is a part of it, wouldn't you think? Yeah, it is. You know, and people have different types. You know, there's different types of people. For instance, some people are introverts and some people are extroverts. And I happen to be an introvert. I like to work. I can work at my computer for 10 hours a day and not even get up for a glass of water. I mean, and not see anybody and not even want to talk to my wife because I'm into what I'm doing. Right. You know, and a lot of self-employed professionals are introverts because they don't like working with an organization that's telling them what to do. They're creative souls, you know? Yeah. And often marketing is hard for introverts, but I crack the code on how to market even if I'm an introvert. For instance, I used to do a lot of networking, but I don't really miss networking. I mean, I market my business now online from my office in Boulder Creek, California, in the Bay Area, and I never see a soul for months <laughs> but you have client. plenty of clients yeah yeah I have plenty of clients so you know you can find ways to market no matter who you are well let's talk about that because you mentioned uh, you might be interested in sharing what you call the five pillars of marketing for a self-employed profession so first uh, who does that apply to and so let's start with that and then and then secondly uh, what are those aspects those pillars as you mentioned Okay, I'll give them to you and I have a little sheet here so people watching in video there you, you go <laughs> five pillars and this is actually a sheet that you can fill out and get clear about what your marketing should be about. And this is really for any self-employed person. 
And really it would work across the board for just about any business. And the thing is, is when we start, the first thing we do with marketing, we ask, what should I do? And we jump into some tactics. Oh, I should network. So I'll go and do some network. Oh, I should do some speaking. And the, the problem is, is for most self-employed people, the marketing efforts are random and inconsistent right. and don't have much depth. So I'll do a little networking here and then maybe I'll do a talk or, gee, I should send out a newsletter or what about social media? And these days it's more confusing than ever because of online, there's a hundred different things you can do online, not two yeah. or three things. And so we get overwhelmed and we do a lot of stuff and we don't really go deep. Yeah, and what is wasting my time and what is good? You know, that's, that's kind of the thing that I come up against a lot as well. So, Well, exactly. I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole of trying to figure out a particular thing and it doesn't lead anywhere or you don't really give it enough time and energy. Like just right. search engine optimization that <laughs> could take up your whole life, you know? Yes. So anyway, so I, you know, what I did in creating this, I looked at all the marketing campaigns and big successes I've had over the years. And many big successes, making hundreds of thousands of dollars on a product like my InfoGuru manual or, you know, quarter of a million dollars a year on my mastery program. And I re-engineered it and look, well, what exactly did I do? And I came up with these five steps. So let me give them to you quickly. Sure. So first one is you've got to set a very specific goal for what you want to accomplish. Not a big overall arching goal for your business. I want a lot of clients. I want to be successful. But, okay, I want to get X number of clients and make X number of dollars for this particular service in a certain period of time. So, for instance, right now I'm growing my More Clients Club, which I'll mention later. And my goal is to get 1,000 paid members to my club in a year or less. Mm -hmm. So, it's a very specific goal. Goals should be simple, clear, and focused. So, you're breaking that down month by month, week by week, whatever that comes to. So that, exactly. that helps you realize the task ahead, right? Yeah. So look, I'm playing a game in marketing. And if you don't have a goal, you're not playing a game. What's the direction you want to, and I ask people, what's your goal? And says, well, I don't know. I just want to get more business. Well, that <laughs> will not result in an effective marketing plan. Number two is to get to that goal. What is the primary service or program that you're going to sell or offer to your audience? What is it going to be? So my marketing club has certain parameters. It's uh, online um, tutorials and a whole bunch of other stuff. And that's the specific program. It's something you can write about. It's something that you can understand. It's tangible. So you take some intangible thing and you really make it tangible. Yeah. For instance, consulting services is the most damn intangible thing on planet yeah, earth. It is. So turn it into a program and say, well, I'm doing the management improvement program for X kinds of businesses, you know, put some flesh around it. Just like you can't sell transportation. Want to buy some transportation? What are you talking about? <laughs> but you can buy a Mazda three car like yeah. I have. So you create your, pro your products and your programs. Make it tangible and specific, yeah. Yeah, and don't start with 20 of them. Start with one and then maybe add another one once you've got momentum with that. But what's the main program that you want to sell? What's the thing you're best at? Number three is who are your ideal clients for that product or program? And you really want to think deeply about that. What are the demographics? That is, 
am I selling to individuals? Am I selling to small businesses? Am I selling to corporations? What kind of corporations? In what industry? And what's the particular person in that company who would buy the service? And how can I get in touch with them? Who are they? Where are they? Uh, what do they read? What websites do they go to? Are they on LinkedIn? So if you don't have an idea of where to find those particular clients, you're going to have a problem getting those clients. It's all about communicating to those clients. Right. So you've got to find that audience. As someone once said, you have to find a hungry audience, some that wants what you have. Right. If you don't have that, you could have the world's best service. But if no nobody, yeah, you need the audience and they need to know you're there. So, yeah. So you can see with just these three things, you have to go deep. You really have to think about it and you have to write it down. You have to, yeah. it can't just be, oh, I want kind of these kind of clients. No, you should have a page that talks about who those clients are. You know, who are they? What do they eat for breakfast, for God's sake? I don't know. What, what do they think? What's their philosophy? For instance, I look at you, I see you there, and I notice you've got Charlie Hayden's Quartet West, and then I've got a guy playing jazz. Uh, you might be a jazz fan, right? Uh, yes, but that right behind me up there is, is Bob Marley. So. Oh, that's Bob Marley. That's Bob up there, Bob yeah, with the Marley. dreadlocks, yeah. And I see some uh, CDs. Are those record albums behind those you? Are, those, that's about 2,000 record albums, yes. Okay, so <laughs> we have something in common. I've, I have over 5,000 jazz albums. Nice, nice. Very good. So, anyway, so if I'm selling to jazz lovers, it's useful to know that I'm selling to jazz lovers. A little too narrow market for me, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your ideal client? The, third, the fourth thing is, and this is really the heart of marketing, what is your key marketing message, your core marketing message or value proposition, which says, here's why you should do business for me with me because there's real value in this program or service that I'm offering. And what is the value? What is the benefit? What difference will it make to me? And how? And that really goes deep because it can be a sound bite, what I call an audio logo when someone says, what do you do? Well, I help people do such and such and get such a result. But it's also your marketing materials, articles that you write, emails that you send to people. And your core marketing message has to be reflected in all of that. So people aren't confused about what the heck you do. Right. Oh, Robert helps independent professionals be better at their marketing, attract more clients. That's my simple message. Everybody can get it. And then they want to know, well, how do you do that? Right. Yeah. So and it, it's, it's basically the differentiation so that there's 800 companies out there selling what you do, but this is why you need to work with me. So that's really what that particular value proposition is about. Yeah. So you can go really deep with your value proposition. Right, right. Now, well, why me versus everybody else? And the final thing is, what is your outreach strategy? So now you get into strategies and tactics, not the first thing, but the last thing. Right. After you're really clear about who your market is and what you're offering and, and what your message is. And you could have any strategy. You have to sort of figure out, well, what's the best strategy? Um, you know, I found at one point that speaking was my best strategy. Before the internet hit in 1994, well, when did it hit? 93, 94? Yeah, early 90s, yeah. yeah. I moved my office from San Francisco to Silicon Valley, an hour and a half away, and my whole business totally dried up. <laughs> and so I, but I had experience with this, so I created a five-pillar marketing plan. I didn't call it back then, but that's exactly what I did. Who's my clients? What I'm going to sell? Who's my audience? How do I get in front of them? What's my message? 
And I called every single organization I could find and said, hey, I do a talk on marketing for self-employed professionals. Are you interested? And they said, yes, we are. And I went out and did a lot of talks. And mm -hmm. in 26 weeks, I'd attracted 26 new clients. And I said, you know, I think there might be something here. You know, and I started teaching people these processes and approaches to, to marketing and creating campaigns instead of random collection of marketing activities that go nowhere. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the, the, the outreach strategy. I'm just curious. There's, you know, you could do uh, cold calling. You could do email marketing. You could do social media marketing. You could do direct mail. You could do the public speaking. Yes. Uh, is it more or less a, a combination of that based on what works uh, what you're comfortable with or what your market is. I mean, you have to do a little research on that, I would presume. Yeah, it's a little bit of all of those things. Yeah. You, you want to look at, well, given what I do, what do most other people do in my particular industry to get clients? Right. For instance, if I said, I know, I'll hire a hot air balloon, a, a blimp, and I'll put my message on it. Now, that would be innovative, but maybe not a good idea. Right. Right. So, for instance, if I'm a management consultant, I'd ask other management consultants, well, what's your best way of getting clients other than word of mouth? They just say, well, I'm so good I get word of mouth. That's not too useful. Well, be good at what you do. Great. Right. But do you ask for referrals? Do you belong to industry associations? Do you give presentations? What's your visibility and what do you do? And, and these days, now you can simply go on the Google and say, how do consultants get clients? And right. you might find a lot of ways. And you you go, find a lot of different ideas just like that. Yeah. You got to find the thing that, that you feel that you could do because some things just are going to be too hard or too complex or take too long or you won't feel comfortable with them. And then you got to turn that into a step-by-step -step plan. So once you've got your five-pillar plan, then you create a, an action plan. Mm -hmm. Notice action plan marketing. I like it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Create an action plan. And that's a number of a punch list of a lot of different things. Well, if I'm going to speak, you know, there's 27 things you got to do to speak. I've got to find where to speak. And I've got to put some materials together. And then I've got to call the organizations. And I've got to say something on the phone. So I create a little script, something in my email. And so I've got all these steps. And then I have to do it on a regular basis. When I did this, I had a sheet of all the organizations on my sheet and their names and the organization and the phone number. And I checked off, did I contact them? Did I send them the package? Did I follow up? And I would look at that every day. And every day I would connect with someone. And right. then next day I'd connect with someone else. And sooner or later they were saying, yeah, come on in and do a talk. And, I, and then how do you do the talk? What's a good talk? How about my slides? What about my overheads? Or my How flip long should it be? Do I need slides? All that stuff. Yeah, I understand. And yeah. then, you know, then I read a book or two about how to give a good presentation. And I really got good at that. I bet. I yeah. really got good at how to get a business card from everybody in the audience. You know, I tell people to do this and they say, oh, give talks. It's not getting any clients. Well, what are you doing with those cards? What cards? Yeah. Oh, you got to know how to ask for the damn cards. And then what do you do with the cards afterwards? How do you follow up? How do you turn that into a selling conversation? Well, you know, Robert, it, you, you mentioned these five things, the specific goal, the primary service program, what are the ideal clients, key marketing message, uh, and the outreach strategy. And that's just a, a bare outline. I took notes on that. Uh, but, you know, you yeah. can break that down in a million different ways and tear it apart. And I think that's very important. So let's yeah. talk about, before we wrap it up here, uh, you, you mentioned you're doing the More Clients Club. 
So describe to me what that is and, and how that works if someone would be interested to find out more. Well, people want to know how to market. And so I've created, I created all these programs and over a period of years, I wrote a manual. I interviewed a bunch of people. I created a product called the website toolkit to help you develop the content for your website. And one day I thought I want to create a new program. What is it going to be? And I decided to turn it into a membership site where oh, okay. I put all that, all that stuff in there. And then over a period of 10 years, I interviewed uh, 60 other people. I did uh, coaching calls for the club and did 115 coaching calls over a six year period. And I recorded all of those and I put those in the club. And then I created a bunch of other programs, how to get high end clients, how to market yourself with email. And I put all of those in the club. And before long, I had more than $10,000 worth of programs in the club. And I offered a monthly membership and people joined. Well, Last or a month or two ago, I said, I want to, it's kind of, I, I had put a lot of effort into a lot of other programs and I, and I was not putting a lot of effort into the club. And I said, what do I want to do next? And I took a sabbatical. I took some time off. I, I let go of all the clients I was working with and said, what do I really want to do? What's the thing I want to really focus on? I said, I want to relaunch the club and really make it even better and bigger and cheaper. I cut, cool. the, I cut the price from $29 a month to nine bucks a month, which I know is crazy. <laughs> but these days, you know, you can buy every song, you can get every song in the known universe on Apple Music for 10 bucks a month. I know, it's crazy. So it's crazy. So that's the world now. People want more for less. And I said, okay, I'm going to offer more for less. And I've tripled the size of the club in one month just by offering that. And I still offer a live call with me twice a month as well as part of the club. No additional. Right. So, I'm going all, yeah. so I'm going all in on that. So if people want to find out about the club, can I give the URL? Yes, by all means, please do. So you go to actionplan.club slash club. And there's the page that tells you all about the club and you can sign up for the club here. And so if you're a self-employed professional and you want to learn all these tips and ideas and strategies and plans and models for attracting clients, it's all there for you and you can get support to attract clients. Very cool. Actionplan.club slash club. Yep. All right. Robert, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we've been speaking with Robert Middleton uh, with the More Clients Club and Action Plan Marketing. I so much appreciate your time and sharing great ideas. Thanks again. Thank you so much for the interview, too. Thanks again to Robert Middleton, Action Plan Marketing, for joining me on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Check out his program uh, at actionplan.club slash club. This week's trade show tip comes from one of my books, uh, Trade Show Superheroes and Exhibiting Zombies, the other book, of course, both on Amazon Trade Show Success. Uh, if you're into trade show marketing, you might check them out. Uh, anyway, the tip has to do with uh, nine ways to use a tablet at a trade show. You see them a lot, but you know you see them in these little kiosks and stuff, tablet, iPad kiosks, and you think, well, what can I do with it? What It's there, but what can I do with it? So I came up with nine ways, and there are more, but... Here's some ways you can do it. Uh, number one, do a product demo. Visitor stops by, touches a few things, and gets to see some of the products you have that you may not be able to bring to the show because you got more products than can be in the booth or you just got things that are too big, that sort of thing. Uh, photograph album. People love pictures, right? Uh, of course, just look at the uh, success of things like Instagram. Uh, lots of photo sharing apps out there. So you can show a lot of pictures on how things are made in your company, a lot of how to do it type of things. 
number three, sign up for newsletters. Just mentioned my newsletter. You can have people sign up for your newsletter by having a form on your iPad or tablet there. Number four, send information without having to print it. You know, you can have a lot of uh, white papers, PDFs, uh, cell sheets, all that sort of stuff. Put them on your iPad or, or on a resource that you can use to download them or sign up or opt into those things and then they'll just shoot out and no one has to print it. You can look it on your computer and when they get back to the office. Number five, games. Does your product or service lend itself to some sort of uh, game? Uh, you can do that as well. Uh, you might consider having an app designer uh, put something together that lets visitors learn about your company or products in a fun and engaging way. Uh, number six, product design. Uh, many items such as clothing, house paint, uh, lend themselves to an interactive experience where the user can compare you know, one color to another, that sort of thing. Uh, number seven, do a survey. You can take some market research, ask them a bunch of questions, or maybe ask three questions or one question. Get people to uh, get a freebie by opting in. That way you've captured their name and email, uh, and they answer a question. You get good, valuable information. Of course, if you want, you can keep it anonymous, and they just can answer it regardless. Uh, number eight, quiz. You can put a quiz on it on an iPad or a, or a tablet. Uh, perhaps your product can be positioned in such a way that it's a uh, brief quiz is engaging. Of course, product display as well. We talked about that. Uh, products such as Showcase XD from Core Apps uh, lets you compile a full complement of products and gives visitors a chance to browse them and make selections and send that information back to their devices uh, very, very quickly. Uh, and, you know, you can get a lot of data analytics out of that too as to what kind of products people are actually looking at. So that's uh, this week's Trade show tip, nine tips on how to use a tablet at a trade show. All right, so one good thing, I wanna wrap it up. Now, this, this is kind of a story here. Um, <laughs> I had two pictures, I wanted to show you two pictures. Oh, there it is, See, all over the place. All right, so it's an article called Frank Sinatra Has a Cold, written in 1966. Really, this week's one good thing? Yeah, so here it is. Um, it's it's profile on Frank Sinatra, written by Gay Talese in the April 1966 issue of Esquire. And if you look it up in, for instance, uh, Wikipedia, the article is one of the most famous pieces of magazine journalism ever written, as the article here goes, and is often considered not only the greatest profile of Frank Sinatra, but one of the greatest celebrity profiles ever written. I remember reading this years ago. I doubt I read it when it came out in 1966. I was pretty young then. Uh, the profile is one of the seminal works of new journalism and is still widely read, discussed, and studied. In the 70th anniversary of Esquire in October of 2003, the editors declared the piece the best story Esquire ever published. Uh, Vanity Fair called it the greatest liter literary nonfiction story of the 20th century. I just finished reading it. It's really a fascinating look. Now, how did I get there? How did I find that article? Now, this is also a story in and of itself. I... Uh, I think it was in late June, um, so it's been uh, two, two and a half months. Harlan Ellison, the great science fiction writer, died. And I, at that time I said, you know, I met Harlan once. Uh, he was at a book signing in the mid-80s probably. I was living in Portland. I went to it at Powell's Books, had a couple of pictures taken. I looked a long time for those pictures, did not find them. Well, I found them today. Um, so, uh, they're also going to be on there. So, I met Harlan Ellison, and he signed, like, a magazine article and a book of mine. Uh, and, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. I was a big fan of his. And 
I was doing some research on Harlan Ellison, and in his Wikipedia profile, it said, in 1966, an article uh, that Esquire magazine would later name as the best magazine piece ever written, the journalist Gay Chalice wrote about the goings-on around Frank Sinatra. The article, entitled Frank Sinatra as a Cold, uh, briefly describes a clash between the young Harlan Ellison and Frank Sinatra when the crooner took exception to Ellison's boots during a billiards game. Fascinating stuff. Um, so <laughs> that's a cool article. Check it out. I've got links in the show notes. Uh, Frank Sinatra has a cold. That's our this week's one good thing. Have yourself a great week.